Hello, and welcome to Step 1, Questions 18 through 40. Our lives are unmanageable. Caretaking and controlling can cause our lives to become unmanageable. We become so obsessed with the addict's behavior, we lose touch with our own internal feelings, thoughts, and needs. We become afraid and feel angry, used, and resentful. We have allowed ourselves to become controlled by the expectations and desires of others. We realize that things we have tried to do to manage our lives and the lives of others have failed, and something needs to change. We are encouraged to keep the focus on ourselves, which is part of accepting the principle of Step 1. The realization that our lives have become unmanageable reveals our human limitations. When we see how unmanageable our lives have become, we can admit we are powerless over other people's lives and the disease of addiction. Question 18. Are most of my waking thoughts consumed with worries about the addict? No, not most, but some are. Number 19. Have I let go of things that were important to me, like hobbies and friends? No, I haven't, but there are times when I am too emotionally exhausted to care about any of those. Number 20. Have I lied or covered up because of the addict? Explain. Yes, I have, and sometimes I avoid talking about my kids with other people because I will either have to avoid mentioning him or lie about him or share beyond what I'm comfortable sharing. I get anxious, just hoping no one will ask how he's doing. Number 21. Do I have trouble sleeping at night? Sometimes. Number 22. Am I having financial problems? No, but his group home rent and medical costs and other expenses have been a financial burden. We make financial sacrifices in other areas, including how generous we can be to the other children to make up for it. Number 23. Am I having health problems? I do struggle with anxiety and depression. Number 24. When was the last time I did something fun? My sister and I did go out of town for a concert recently. Number 25. How has the addiction of a family member or friend changed my life? The answer to this could be a whole book. My life will never be the same as it was before addiction. I don't think the sadness can ever truly go away. Number 26. Do I think the following emotions or behaviors indicate an unmanageable life? Anger, fear, guilt, obsession, anxiety, pride, Jealousy, control, frustration, denial, sadness, distress, dishonesty, manipulation, resentment, hate, negativity, low self-esteem, shame. Yes, I think all of those indicate an unmanageable life depending on the quantity and severity. Which of those emotions or behaviors stand out for me? Anger, fear, guilt, obsession, anxiety, pride, jealousy, control, frustration, denial, sadness, resentment, negativity, and shame stood out to me because I haven't gotten those emotions under long-term control. Number 28. Am I able to accept that my life might be unmanageable? Yes, I am. Number 29. How has denial played a part in my life with regard to my life being unmanageable? I used to think that only his life was out of control, that he was the only one with problems that needed to be fixed. I understand that I have my own problems. A member shares a story of unmanageability. In the dictionary, the word unmanageable means beyond control. It was difficult for me to see that my life was unmanageable. I was employed and got a promotion at work. I paid all the bills while my husband, the addict, was abusing drugs. His life was so out of control. I felt like I was holding everything together. 
Most of the people in my life did not know about his addiction because I kept it a secret. I worked hard at making everything look normal. I spent much of my time focusing on the addict and trying to get him well. I didn't see the effect this was having on me. I had given up taking college classes because I didn't have the time. I needed to use the time to find the addict, help the addict, or prove to him that his drug use was a problem. The stress of active addiction was causing me to become physically ill. I began to have migraine headaches and lost weight. I didn't make plans to socialize with people because the addict's behavior was unpredictable and I didn't know if he would show up. I would make excuses and lies so we would continue to look good to the outside world. There wasn't much joy and there was a lot of loneliness in my life. The addict's drug abuse owned and controlled me as much as it did the addict. We didn't cause it, we can't control it, and we can't cure it. When we realize someone else's addiction has affected our lives, we may blame them or ourselves for our problems. We believe there must be something else we can say or do that will make the addict change and stop using drugs. We have pleaded, nagged, wept, screamed, made excuses, covered up, and more for the addict. We do not have the power to cause anyone else's addiction. Before the addict finds recovery, they may try to blame us for their use of drugs. However, no one is responsible for addiction in another person or for another person's recovery. No one can do for the addict what the addict must do for themselves. When we try to control the addict, we may ignore our needs and feelings, falling into despair and helplessness, and we begin to isolate. We believe we should be able to control a situation that causes pain and suffering, and we've become frustrated in our attempts to fix it. Finally, we learn nothing we have done, nothing we have not done, and nothing we are currently doing can control another person's using or behavior. If we are repeating the same actions, asking the same prodding questions, following the same suggestions, and nothing is changing, we are trying to control. We need to let go of what we cannot control. Step one gives us permission to stop enabling and trying to control others. We can now learn to take care of ourselves. Addiction is a disease that causes the addict to end up in physical, mental, and spiritual bankruptcy. Unfortunately, families and loved ones can be affected in the same way. Addiction turns lives inside out, upside down, and obscures reality. Addiction is an incurable disease that is fatal if allowed to run its destructive course. Its side effects are loneliness, depression, misery, suicidal thoughts, and feelings of worthlessness. Although addiction is a disease that can be arrested but never cured, a daily reprieve from addiction is available if the addict takes recovery seriously. Help for the addict is available through Narcotics Anonymous, the 12 Steps, treatment centers, and counseling. We are not responsible for another person's recovery, only our own. We cannot do for the addict what needs to be done in order to arrest this disease. Question number 30. Do I feel responsible for the addiction of my loved one, or do I blame others? Yes, to some extent I do feel responsible. I do blame my mother-in-law to some extent for her role in enabling and in hindering his progress. She always prolongs the inevitable with her meddling. Number 31. What am I currently doing to help or enable the addict because of these feelings? I recently sent him his original diagnosis information from when he was four years old. It was a long letter from a psychiatrist. Since he says he was misdiagnosed and should never have been put on ADHD medication, the letter explains why we went down the path we did. He pushed back, but I didn't argue. I felt vindicated just providing him with the letter. I think anything else is him just trying to shift the blame. Number 32. Do I feel responsible for other people's actions? To some extent, yes. If I had been better at providing what they need, 
they would have chosen better. Number 33. Do I have a strong need to be in control of my own life and others' lives? I do have a strong need to be in control when my life is or could be directly impacted. Number 34. What do I fear will happen if I let go? If I let go, I fear he will die, get hurt, or make an irreparably bad decision. Number 35. Do I allow other people or circumstances to control my life? To some extent. I do live for others sometimes. I have wished I was dead many times. Not that I would kill myself, just that I wasn't here. But knowing how my absence would impact my children is what keeps those thoughts at bay. Number 36. How does this keep me from taking care of myself? I just ignore what I want. Number 37. Have I accepted as fact that there are situations in my life over which I have no control? Explain. Yes, I have no control over the actions of my parents, my mother-in-law, and Joseph. There are so many things I wish were different, but I know I can't make it happen. Number 38. Do I understand addiction is a disease that cannot be cured? I am trying to understand this, yes. I have a hard time accepting the total lack of free will associated with addiction that when it calls, they must answer, and the other horrible behavior that occurs, such as stealing, even from loved ones, to get drug money. Number 39. Do I try to work the addicts program instead of my own? No, I don't, but I have inquired about his progress in his own program. I've wondered why he seems to be on the same step for a very long time, and why he doesn't get or keep a sponsor. Number 40. In what ways do I feel pity or compassion for the addict? I want him to be healthy, happy, and successful. It is very hard to not directly intervene to assist with that, especially when I know he has so much potential. It's hard to see someone waste all of their opportunities in life. Thanks for listening. Join me next time for the final part of Step 1, Questions 41 through 61.